There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. We've been talking about it for a little while, and we finally made it. Today, we start our eight-week process of breaking down every team in the NFL, their additions, their subtractions, and of course, their schedule to predict how they will finish the 2020 season. We start today with the Lions and Bears on the Right On Sports Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Right On Sports Podcast. I am still Kyle Wright. Whether or not that's a good thing, we're going to find out eventually. I'm here with my co-host, Marcus Weisner. Marcus, what's going on down there, buddy? Hey, not much, man. It's just enjoying this weekend down here in Tampa, Florida. How, how about you, man? Uh, you know, just kind of sitting back, watching the world burn. People are going to space. Good time to leave Earth. Yeah, it's, it's that was a pretty crazy launch today. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really breathtaking experience, man, just to even watch it online. It was pretty cool. Um, so today, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us here on the show. Uh, actually, we have two, but right now we have Jacob Jones on with us. How you doing, buddy? Gentlemen, appreciate y'all bringing me on here. Hey, no problem, man. Welcome to the show. So what I want you to do is tell everybody a little bit about yourself. All right, guys. Well, I am 26 years old, active duty military here in Dover Air Force Base over in Delaware. I work as a part of the uh, Air Force Mortuary, Mor- Mortuary Affairs Operation here. So we uh, take care of the, the deceased here in the DOD. But aside from that, married, one kid, one on the way, four dogs, three cats. Busy lifestyle. That's awesome. So how do you guys know each other, Marcus? So ironically, Jake and I used to live in that exact house you live in. This one right here? Yeah, that same one, brother. But no, um, funny thing, uh, we're, we both were stationed together. We both worked together, same career field in the Air Force. And uh, he lived two doors down from one of my childhood friends. But we've been pretty much best friends for quite a while, a long time. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right, so guys, we're going to have a kick-ass show today. We're going to be talking about the Detroit Lions. Uh, we've, we've been plugging this for a couple weeks here, Marcus, our schedule breakdowns. We're going to kind of look at every team in the NFL over the course of the next eight weeks. We're going to look at what they added, a little bit of what they lost, and uh, take a look at their schedule and predict how we think they're going to do this season. And one of our goals was to bring a fan of every team on. And Jacob here is a fan of the Detroit Lions. So I, that actually, uh, I can't believe this is the first team we're doing. It's kind of a slow start. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> But uh, before we get started, I want to shout out one of our loyal sponsors, uh, Chef Chris over there at Bo's Restaurant on 2304 Thomas Drive, Panama City Beach. Man, excellent food, great breakfast menu, uh, best best biscuits and gravy, best fried chicken on the beach, best fried chicken in Bay County, if you ask me, but I'm a little biased because he's a Florida State fan, of course. But uh, you can call them ahead, and they have an outside eating area as well. Their phone number is 850-775-1828. Give them a shout. Go get you some good food. All right, Marcus, uh, of course, Father's Day is coming up, and we're doing something pretty big here. So I want you to kind of explain to our listeners what we're getting ready to do. Yeah, so uh, for Father's Day, you know, show appreciation for all the fathers out there putting a the hard time and being, you know, great parents that they are. Uh, myself and Kyle are pitching in with our own money. We're going to be doing a uh, $50 gift card to Fanatics. Um, basically it's pretty simple. Uh, you gotta be a fan of the page, gotta follow it, like it. 
Um, we're going to have a specific post where you can drop a picture of you and your kids. And then um, one lucky winner will receive the uh, gift card. And then who knows? Maybe we could get some more some more stuff, you know? We'll see what yeah, the future holds. We're actually working on some pretty cool stuff with some of our sponsors. So uh, make sure you guys are listening out for that. It's going to be awesome. All right, so let's get into the Detroit Lions here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do this. This, uh, Jacob, I want to bring you in first. Let's take a look at some of the additions to the roster on in the offseason here. Uh, linebacker Jamie Collins, cornerback uh, Desmond Trufant, defensive tackle Danny Shelton, quarterback Chase Daniel, who is a solid backup, and of course, draft and running back DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Um, what would you say is the biggest of these offseason moves for the Lions? The biggest, I believe, <clears throat> wasn't even on the field. They aren't even playing the game. We fired six on the coaching staff. Thank God. We got rid of our defensive coordinator, defensive line coordinator, all the assistants, anything to do with the defensive line and the defense in general, we got rid of, which is great. But we did add <clears throat> Philadelphia's uh, defensive back coach, Unlin. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. He has worked with New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, and most recently Philly on their uh, Super Bowl run. Strictly doing defensive back coach, coaching. And as you know, the D- Detroit Lions have one of the worst secondaries in all the NFL, 26 last year, and led up their most yards in a season since their 0-16 bid, which is great. But if we are talking about on the field, Jamie Collins replacing Devin Kennard, which is great. Kennard did not live up to his expectations coming out of New York. The Giants, he did awful. And after trading away, you know, Darius Slay, I wish we would have kept him. I loved him. He was big in Detroit, big in the city. He went to every Friday night. He was at a a local football game, which was amazing. But bringing in Desmond Trufant as insurance in a much cheaper deal than what Darius wanted, we can suffice with that. And it also led to the signings of our offensive tackle, Halapuli Vatai, one hell of a name out of Philadelphia as well on a five-year, $50 million deal, which is kind (laughs) of sounds like big money, but it isn't in the long term. Detroit likes to lead with... uh, Heavy on the beginning contracts, so they can get out of it if it doesn't go their way. So he should be a big addition. Defensive tackle Danny Shelton should help on the uh, defensive line right away. But again, he's coming from the Patriots, the Detroit Patriots, which is kind of getting old. Uh, quarterback Jace Daniel, that's only because, you know, when Stafford went down last year, the merry-go-round and David Blow, it was just awful. It started off hot, but going 0-8 when Stafford went down, you have to have some insurance. And Daniel is a more than suitable backup. He did well or decent with the Bears. All right, so second question, man. Um, as you mentioned with Matt Stafford and his injuries, they are catching up to him, whether we like it or not. If healthy, do you uh, think he's going to exceed his, uh, you know, expectations that he always has? You know, he's consistently putting up, you know, good yards. You know, you and I always have conversations that we that you feel that he's a pretty consistent top tier, you know, quarterback when healthy. Or do you feel like because of all that catching up, do you think something else might weigh them down this year? The only thing I believe that could weigh them down this year is again on the defense. If he does get hurt again, throw the season out the window and tank for Trevor Lawrence. Honestly, if he's hurt one more time, especially within the first five to eight games, throw him away, sit him out, bring in Chase Daniel, even if we get our butts whooped, what's, you know, what's aimed for Trevor Lawrence. But if he's healthy, I'm t- we start out, first nine games, he's still healthy, we got a shot. The weapons around him are amazing. You pick up DeAndre Swift at a steal, I believe, in the second round. You also sign <clears throat> Geronimo Allison, who was just sitting there on the free agent market, 
is another good wide receiver. Kenny Galladay is as open as Green Bay. You know, they're awful. Galladay will run all over these people. Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson sophomore year, I believe he will he will have a breakout sophomore year. Detroit relies heavily on the tight end game. And DeAndre Swift is a catching back out of the backfield. And a carry on Johnson just so happens to be semi-healthy as well. That one-two punch in the backfield should help. But just just for reference, Matt Stafford, in only eight games last year, he threw for exactly 2,499 yards. He was on pace for a 5,000-yard season. The only two quarterbacks in front of him <clears throat> were Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. That's it. If he, if he does a whole season, Detroit Lions do not go 3-12-1. and 12 and one. Or, Yeah, around there. What's, what's worse like, about it is that the – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Go ahead. Well, I was saying, like, from an outsider perspective, what's worse about it is watching the Lions start off, I think they went 2-0-1 to start the season, uh, that tie against Arizona, which, by the way, let's get rid of ties in the NFL. Can we all agree on that? Yes. It's pointless. It's a a professional sports league. Let's get rid of that garbage. But from the outside looking in, I kind of felt like Detroit is one piece, maybe one or two pieces away from hitting that next tier as an NFL team. And what I mean by that next tier is I mean, like, I don't mean Super Bowl caliber, obviously, but I mean, like, that team, they're in a very hard division, but that team that's going to be able to sneak in and grab that fifth or sixth wild card spot, uh, a team that can that could be a, a a bracket buster, if you will, come in and upset the number one seed, much like Tennessee was last year. Um, so let me ask you this. I, I actually had an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with Matt Patricia in Mobile, Alabama, when I was there for the Senior Bowl. Uh, when when I used to do the radio gig. And he's a really great guy. He, I think he's got great visions for the team. But how do Lions fans feel about Matt Patricia? Do you feel like he's on the hot seat at all? Matt Patricia is definitely on the hot seat. I wouldn't. It's not even on the hot seat. It's, it's win or go home with Matt Patricia this year. And I say that because you're coming from the New England Patriots who are known to win. Although Patriots assistant coaches are not known to win outside of Bill Pe- Belichick's regime, he had high expectations when he got here. He got a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Bevel has done great on the offense when Matt Stafford is healthy. But the thing that's wrong, I believe, with Matt Patricia is he doesn't let his defensive coordinator, even Unlin, it's been reported that although he is a new defensive coordinator coming from Philadelphia, Matt Patricia will still be calling the plays on defense. That hasn't worked for two years. Detroit is awful on defense. But aside from that, if, you, if they don't win at least nine games this year, just get rid of Patricia. And it doesn't help when you have players that have left the team and have spoke down on him in his coaching style. There's been at least four players already that have talked down on him, include, including Darius Slay and Rick Wagner and them, that they, he let walk. So if he doesn't win at least nine this year, I wouldn't mind seeing a new coach. Keep Derek Bevel, though. He's done great on the offense. But something on defense and something in the, in the, you know, the head office, even Bob Quinn, have the Fords. Martha Ford can sell the team. If they, if they go five and, <clears throat> five and whatever, only five wins, just sell the team. Because we, honestly, as fans, we've been calling for that for a while as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that Matt Patricia definitely is on the hot seat this year. You know, you come in, you after winning a Super Bowl, you think you're going to turn this franchise around. You know, the ownership put puts a lot of faith into them to t- change things, and it's just actually got worse. So, but to go off of that, the Lions have uh, the um, fifth hardest schedule. What would you say is a reasonable or an achievable record for their upcoming season? Yes, it's a hard schedule, but it's the NFL. I don't care if it's hard, the hardest schedule, or the weakest schedule. They have to win at least 9 to 10 games this year for it to be a successful season. 
even if you win nine and you miss out on, you know, a playoff spot, you're not the wild card team. That's still you got nine wins on the fifth hardest schedule. That's good. But if you if you walk out of there six and ten, five and eleven, it's unacceptable. I mean, in the division alone, you should win six out of eight games, five out of eight. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I think, uh, like you had mentioned, you know, nine games. You know, that's especially when you're competing with the Vikings and the Packers. You've you've got to win those division games. You you have to to compete with them. Um, the Vikings got better, and luckily in your favor, the Packers got worse. Which I don't even know how you do that, but they managed to get worse. It doesn't help when you your first round pick. You you select a quarterback. That right there was like the big bombshell of the NFL draft to me. I, I can't wait to talk to our Packers fan about that next week. Yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting to see. All right, so we're going to take a look here at the schedule. Um, I want to throw it to you first, Jacob. What? How do you have the Detroit Lions finishing this season, and what are some maybe uh, key wins that you have down right now? The Lions this season, the, the, the stretch of games, I believe they have to win at least two out of three, three out of four, or right after week five by week. Their first four games, you know, Bears, Packers, Cardinals, Saints. Bears and Packers shouldn't have a problem with. They should. If they still have Mitch Trubisky on the Bears, that's an easy dub. Packers will be tough, but that's always tough because that's our biggest rival. But right after week five, if we can go into the bye week, two and two, three and one, we need to beat. In week six, the Jaguars. Week seven, Falcons. We will have a definitely hard time in week eight with the Colts. But after that, <clears throat> week nine, Vikings, before we get into another slew of non-conference games against the Redskins, Panthers, and Texans. But realistically, if they can go into the bye week, at least two and two, three and one, and come out of the next four weeks, three and one, two and two, they are set up for a good run starting from week 11 on, I believe. So overall record? Overall record. Looking at this schedule as is, nine and seven at minimum. They steal week 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 six through week ten game. They're going to be ten and seven at minimum. Minimum. They have to be. Is this is this like a stress induced nine and seven, or is this like a you really believe your team can go nine and seven? With the additions to the offense, the pickups on defense, there's no reason they shouldn't win at least nine. All Oof. right, fair enough. Marcus, what do you got? Uh, I have them at eight and eight and I have them, I have them beating, I have them winning week one against the bears. I have them actually, uh, upsetting the saints, um, wins against Jags, Falcons, Vikings on the road, Redskins at home, Texans and the Packers at home. Um, just because Jake can testify as a lions fan there is a possibility that they could lose the guaranteed week six game against the Jaguars. Correct. But they could also get the win against the Bucks too at home. So it's they like we've discussed off the air plenty of times. They lose the games they are supposed to win and win the games they are supposed to not win at all. But I have Absolutely. them eight, eight and eight, division record three and three, and I have them third in the NFC North. I have them tying for third in the NFC North, um, of course, with Chicago. I, ha- I have the Lions going 7-9, and nine, which is, a, in a way, is a huge improvement from last year, 3-12. and 12, But I think even healthy right now, I-, I think it's less about the Lions and it's more about the other teams in this division. And when I say the other teams, I mean the Packers, while they didn't really do much on offense to get better, they did add some nice defensive pieces. And the Vikings, I think, are, they did a lot this offseason as well. So – 
I think this is less about Detroit and more about them, but I do have the Lions going seven and nine. I'm just looking at the stretch of games, man. It's six out of seven weeks. You got at Green Bay, at Arizona, against New Orleans, at Atlanta, the Colts, and at Minnesota. That's a that's a tough stretch, and they're going to be lucky to come out of that three and three. I have them coming out of that uh, two and two and five. I think I do, which is not not good for them. But I mean, if they can. They can easily steal a couple of these, though. I don't want you to think like I'm counting them out, but just on a realistic standpoint, looking at this, I, I just don't think they have a much of a chance here. But if they could steal a couple of these, I do think the Lions are going to be that team, kind of like what Tennessee was last year, who kind of sneaks in and makes a big impact. Yeah, I think the the what hurts is going to be their last four games: Packers at home, Titans away, Bucks at home, and Vikings at home. Those are going to be the crucial games that they got to win at least two or those four to make any type of contention as well as the uh, week one through four. I mean, yeah, they play the Cardinals week three, but don't sleep on it. But they, uh, they were one of the winners in this off season, the draft as well as, you know, trading for Deandre Hopkins and get, getting rid of David Johnson for sure. All right, Jake, you have anything else you want to make sure you, uh, you have the opportunity to say? I don't know, man. I appreciate y'all bringing me on. And uh, if my lines go nine and seven, you know, I'll be back on this phone call real quick. Uh, we'll definitely have you on. Marcus, you got anything else? No, not at all, man. All right, cool. Jake, thank you for joining our show once again. Uh, we look forward to having you back on here, man. Appreciate it, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. All right, thanks, man. All right, guys, we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have a Chicago Bears fan join us, and we're going to dice up the Chicago Bears schedule, so stay with us. Are you looking to add a little bit of magic to your life? If so, maybe I can help. Hi, my name is Allie Sutherland, and I am an authorized Disney vacation planner as well as a Universal Studios specialist with Glass Slipper Concierge. As a travel agent, I help my clients personalize and plan their magical vacations down to the tiniest details. Through extensive training, I'm equipped to book all Disney destinations, including Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and more, as well as Universal Studios and Universal's Islands of Adventure. And the best part of it, my services are completely complimentary. If you're looking to plan your next happily ever after, you can reach me via email at Allie, A-L-L-Y, at glassflipperconcierge.com, or you can direct message me via Facebook at Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney destinations and more. It would be a great honor to assist you in your next adventure, and always remember, you got a friend in me. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, so we are joined. We, we told you that we're going to have one Chicago Bear fan on, but we actually have two. But before we get into that, we want to shout out another one of our great sponsors, KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC. Uh, these guys are great uh, HVAC guys. They do great work here in the Panhandle area. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have one on his way right now to fix an issue that I'm having in my house. But um, these are great guys, man. They're they're down to earth, good Christian guys, great morals. Uh, they will not overcharge you. Give them a call, 850-238-5414. Don't be the people without a working air conditioner this summer. All right, so Marcus, we're going to bring on a couple of our guests here. Uh, we mm -hmm. have uh, your buddy, who I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce. Yep, so um, the guest that I brought on, his name is Steve Barkowski. Um, him and I play softball together, really good guy. Unfortunately, he's a Bears fan, but you know we all can't be fans of you know, winning franchises. So, Steve, welcome on, buddy. Hey, happy to be here, Kyle Marcus. Thanks for having me. No, no problem, problem man. man. Tell everybody about yourself a little bit. So, I live in Tampa. Been down here for about two, two and a half years. 
spent 30 years of my life in Chicago, and uh, football is the number one thing. And da Bears rule. I love it. So the guy I brought on, his name is Matt Seedorf. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. I did. I kind of took offense to that little uh, Bears remark, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I've dealt with that all my life here, living in Indiana, but being a Bears fan as well. Um, I've been a Bears fan pretty much all my life since the '80s, and you know, I've you know, I've been following them through the good times and the bad times, from the highs of 1986 uh, Super Bowl uh, victory over New England to the lows of the. Uh, uh, I totally forgot our last head coach's name because he was really horrible. Uh, what, what was his name? It was uh, it was uh, the, the guy the guy who went off of Baltimore. Jeez, oh my. Mark God. Trussman. <laughs> Trussman, oh my God, yes. Oh, I, I can go on about that all day, but I'm gonna leave it back to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt and I actually know each other from uh, being wrestling fans. We've never met in person, but what we used to do is we used to just go on and troll people pretty much on facebook so that's, that's, that sounds awesome oh uh, it was uh yeah, it was always it eventful <laughs> all right yeah, it was fun so times. so i want to start with you matt and then we'll throw it over to steve here the first question on our agenda here for the chicago bears segment uh week one who do you predict to be an under center nick Foles, mitch trubisky and why well th- that personally is i mean it's a little complicated because you have um i mean nick Foles came in uh he was uh, traded for a fourth round draft pick from, um, you know, Jacksonville. And they, I mean, I mean you know, like full, I mean, the head coach, Matt Nagy wants fulls, but like, you know, like, but also at the same time, you have a number one draft pick, you know, who you chosen over uh, two quarterbacks who made the playoffs last year uh, in Mitchell Trubisky, who has been doing very poorly. And you, but you also at the same time don't want to give up on your number one draft pick. So um, I have a feeling that under center week one, it's going to be Mitch. But if he begins to falter like he did last season, you can best believe Nick Foles will be in there right away. What you got, Steve? You know, I, I agree with a lot of those points, but I'm going the other way. I think Foles is your week one starter. I think obviously. You know, management, Ryan Pace, and a couple other people will love Trubisky to be the starter because they want to, you know, confirm that they made the right choice passing on Deshaun Watson. I mean, I don't feel bad about them passing on Patrick Mahomes because who who knew he would be this? But, you know, with Deshaun Watson being there, you know, at number three, and then they moved up a pick and lost traffic just to go to number two to take a guy that nobody was going to take. I think Manuel will love Trubisky, but just looking at the eye test, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can look at numbers all you want. But just watching the guy last year, you know, missing big time open receivers, you know, making stupid mistakes. And I love his legs, but he's he's just his vision's not there. And obviously he didn't play much in college, which hurt him. But uh Foles got hurt last year, but if he comes back and he's looking pretty good, I think he's your day one starter. I think that's what we have to go with. The problem is is Foles is good for a couple of games and he might struggle, but you might see some back and forth this year. I don't, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but if I have to bet, I'm going with Foles. Marcus, what do you think about this? Because we've actually had a quite a few conversations about this off the air. Well, they're playing the Lions on the road week one. So I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky just because of the experience in the division. Now, if it was they were playing the Giants or the Falcons, I would have picked uh, Nick Foles. Um, to be said, though, um, I expect Nick Foles to be the day, the starter come week six after they get destroyed by the Buccaneers. <laughs> All right, Marcus, go ahead. 
All right, y'all. So let's talk about your defense a little bit. Uh, rated fourth best behind, you know, New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore, led by the bad man himself, Khalil Mack. Would y'all say that your defense has enough to carry the weight of the offense to the playoffs? Uh, if you Well, if you look at it in this perspective, you know, even though how bad the Bears were last year, they still went eight and eight. They mean, you know, they still they still had a chance to make the playoffs last year, even though it was an extremely tough NFC last year. But you know, they they hung in there and they were eight and eight all the way up into the. I mean, you know, they they hung in there to the last couple of weeks, even with this horrific offense that they had. So um, uh, they made improvements. Uh, they got rid of uh, Leonard Floyd, who was. Uh, uh, un, uh, underachieving first round pick, unfortunately. Uh, they brought in Robert Quinn, who was from, uh, I mean, who had spent a long career in uh, Los Angeles, but uh, made a kind of a resurgence last year in um, Dallas. He had 10 and a half sacks. So, you know, you got, you got Robert Quinn now to compliment Khalil, Khalil Mack, who is, you know, and Robert Quinn is a major upgrade from Leonard Floyd. So, um, you, you can expect this defense to actually probably be improved, uh, if not, you know, uh, from last year, if not even slightly better. So, you know, I mean, I, I'd say they can carry, I mean, if, if you can get a average offense on that field for the Bears, they can carry them straight to the playoffs. Steve? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, when it comes to the playoffs, the biggest thing is anything can happen in a one-game playoff. And how many times have we heard that defense wins championships? Now, if you get in the playoffs, you got to be smart with the ball. As long as you're not turning the ball over, executing, getting your points, where you're making your field goals or whatnot, getting touchdowns. But this defense is definitely fantastic. Robert Quinn's a huge signing for them. As Matt said, Leonard Floyd was underachieving. You know, he was only making a couple plays here and there because he wasn't a three-down player. But putting Robert Quinn on this D line with Cleo Mack, and you got Akeem Hicks doing Eddie Goldman. Those guys are studs. And your linebackers, you re-signed Danny Trevathan to run around as long as he's healthy. Roquan Smith, who was uh, the first pick out of Georgia, that dude is just a tackling machine. Now, I got a little bit of worries in the secondary of who's going to be with A. Jackson, but A. Jackson is just fantastic back there. Um, they did a little help with Kyle Fuller, obviously, with getting Jalen Johnson. But this defense is definitely primed to be, you know, somebody that can carry them the offense. Now, you just need somebody who has – great experience who like a Nick Foles who can make sure he doesn't turn the ball over make sure making smart plays and scoring points if you keep the game close this defense can definitely carry them so there's definitely a shot at it so looking at the Chicago defense man this is it's really it's good for the NFL when Chicago has a good defense like we I've talked about college football before when I did the radio gig and you know college football is only good when Alabama's good when Florida's good when you know, these the Notre Dame, Michigan, when these guys are playing well, that's that makes college football that much better. And looking at the NFL, it just makes the NFL that much better when Chicago has a great defense. And they're really not far off from having the best defense in the NFL. I mean, you look at these teams that were above them. These were elite defenses last year with New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore. So I, I do think that Chicago did a great job adding to their defense. Like you guys, I mean, you guys pretty much said everything that needed to be said except for Nobody mentioned Barkevius Mingo also being added to that linebacker core, which just adds an extra dimension. I do like Kyle Fuller. I think that even if he does get burned, the guy never gives up on a play. And, dude, Eddie Jackson is the truth, man. I, I don't – that was an absolute steal in this draft for the uh, – well, not this draft, but you guys get it for a couple years ago. when I remember when they took Eddie Jackson, all the Bears fans were a little upset 
but this guy ended up being just fantastic for them. So, all right, let's take a look here at the next question. Uh, the offense needs a lot of help. Besides the quarterback controversy, uh, they really didn't do much to add in to their offense. They did go get Ted Ginn Jr. and tight end Jimmy Graham. Uh, Marcus, I actually want to throw this to you first because you had a theory about Jimmy Graham yesterday. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they they drafted a tight end with their first pick in the second round out of Notre Dame. Um, so... And they they signed Jimmy Graham in the offseason, which that definitely beefs up their tight end core. And that kind of, like I was telling you off the air, if Mitch Trubisky is a starter for the season, I don't think Jimmy Graham is a is a bear the whole season. I just don't because he's not going to be utilized. Nick Foles likes to throw to that slot receiver and that tight end. That's that's his go to. Um, but the biggest issue I honestly think, I mean, wide receiver. I mean, besides Allen Robinson, who who do they have? So I actually need to go ahead and mention that I'm an idiot and forgot to ask the question that was meant to be asked here because I just threw it to you about Jimmy Graham. But the question here is, uh, what's the next position that needs to be fixed? And Marcus, I'll let you go ahead and finish. Yeah, I, I believe that the wide receivers are, need to be um, upgraded. Uh, Allen Robinson can't do it all by himself, and if something were to ever happen to him, I mean, they don't really have a true number one receiver and that makes it more difficult for the quarterbacks as far as having chemistry to throw it to. Their offensive line wasn't that bad last year. Um, their run game isn't terrible. I mean, they don't really use, utilize it as much as you would like for them to. Uh, Tariq Cohen is still a really good back, pass catching back that many people think is undersized. But trust me, for us fantasy football players, we appreciate what he does because he still gives us his flex to RP2 quality for not being drafted. But um, but he's but you, but that, I I would say that wide receiver is definitely the part that they need to fix. Honestly, uh, so yeah. All right, Steve, we'll go to you. Yeah, so I definitely agree with wide receiver. I got I got two on here. Um, wide receiver definitely can Anthony Miller keep taking that next step with Allen Robinson? Uh, if he can't, you know what are we gonna look like? Because obviously Tyler Gabriel is on, he was also banged up as well. Um, the tight ends are definitely going to help take pressure off that. And like Marcus said, uh, Foles really likes to go with tight end. That's why I think he'll be the starter eventually. Uh, so can Anthony Miller step up? That would be the biggest question. Uh, second one is their O-line. So I love their interior O-line, especially with Cody White here at center. He anchors that. He's just a monster. He's just a beast. Um, they got a CD from Seattle's guard, and I like their inside. I'm not a fan. I have not been a fan of their tackles for a long time. But both Bobby Maskey and Charles Leno Jr., I just think they're mediocre at best. And when you've got, you know, a guy like Foles, uh, if he's back there, you want to make sure you're protecting him as much as possible. So that scares me. So the two biggest things are tackles, in my opinion, and then wide receivers, like we said, who's going to step up and be that number one guy with Allen Robinson. Go ahead, Matt. So I personally believe that, you know, it's, it's a mix of both wide receiver and tight end. Um, the running backs, even though they were underutilized last year, did an average job, statistically speaking, when you look at the statistics of David Montgomery. Um, and, you know, the same thing with, uh, you know, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is a great 
he's a great gadget running back who can catch passes and things like that. But, you know, uh, you know, so I, I believe the running back position is fine. Uh, the, the positions I do think the most is, is tight end and wide receiver because of, you know, as you guys explained, you know, Allen Robinson, even though he is a great wide receiver, he can't do things on his own. And Anthony Miller now is the wide receiver number two, and he's going to have to really step up his game to, you know, keep all of the pressure off of Allen Robinson if they want to succeed. Uh, and I'm not quite sure if Anthony Miller's up to that grab yet. And my biggest thing is the tight end too is because of Jimmy Graham. Um, Jimmy Graham cannot block. And it was like in the last couple of years, you know, I, you know, it's pretty obvious when you knew uh, Green Bay was going to be doing a passing play because Jimmy Graham was on the field and because there's no other thing for him to do except uh, run, I mean, except catch the ball. He's really a subpar tight end. And as, uh, as, uh, as you explained earlier with, um, if Mitch is on the field the entire time, we're not going to see Jimmy Graham. So that's, you know, we, we do have Cole Komet, but, you know, a lot of people believe he's not ready yet for the big time, but he will be eventually. So, um, yeah, like one of the biggest positions I think for sure that, the, you know, that, you know, they should have upgraded on was wide receiver and tight end. And I don't think Chad Ginn Jr., even though he is a veteran, I don't think he can bring that uh, second level like everyone else thinks he can. So, yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Um, I mean, like even when he was with the Saints and uh, Jimmy Graham, everybody knew Jimmy was getting that ball, that goal line. He didn't need a block for Drew Brees. He, they, everybody knew what he was doing. And Ted Ginn isn't going to be, you know, a Pro Bowl coming in there and causing any disruptive force. He's still quick, but he's not going to do that. I think Ted Ginn's situation is going to be very similar to what you said with Jimmy Graham. I, I don't think with Trubisky that Ted Ginn lasts very long there, but I do think that I think that Allen Robinson will do better with Trubisky, but I think that a guy like Ted Ginn will be better utilized with Nick Foles under center because Foles like to throw likes to throw the ball deep. Um and Ted Ginn's one of the best deep ball receivers in the league still to this day. So Absolutely. all right, Marcus. All right, so let's talk about your strength schedule. If you listen to this show, guys, you know that I love to do rankings and things like that. Strength of schedule is tied with 13th. It's on the same strength of schedule with Seattle and Green Bay. One of your key matchups is against Tom Brady in Chicago with the Buccaneers. Um, how does you how do you feel your team is going to do against a top five offense this season? But overall, how do you feel like your team's going to do this year? Uh, Matt, we're going to start with you. Well, here's a couple of interesting facts, um, fun facts that I love to bring out here because um, we have – obviously we have two people on the schedule. One is Tom Brady. In the 20 years that Tom Brady has been in the NFL, the Bears have not beaten him one time. So, you know, th that's obviously going to be one big thing that they have to look at. And there's another team on the schedule, Houston. Since Houston's been uh, since Houston was created as a franchise back in 2002, the Bears have not beat them either in a in a oh. in a game. So, uh, we, you know, so we have two games right there that we've never won against. So, uh, so those are going to be tough challenges. Uh, but other than that, you know, we we have um, we have it's looking like we have the NF AFC North this year um, on our schedule. We have Tennessee. We have Indianapolis. Uh, we have Jacksonville. Yes, the South. My apologies. My apologies, South. You're good. Um, so, um, yeah, like, you know, and so the South wasn't, I mean, was a pretty tough 
conference last year, you know, besides Jacksonville, you know, Indianapolis, even though they didn't have a good running, you know, they didn't have a, a good quarterback at all. They still almost made the playoffs last year. Uh, and, you know, in Tennessee, same thing with Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, we have a lot of tough teams on this schedule and I, you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a challenge for the bears. That's all I'm going to say for the least um, for them. All, all right. Steve. So when, oh, um, well, real quick, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, in terms of wins and losses, Matt, what you got? I, I'm going with, I'm going with an upgrade this year. I mean, I, I personally think if either, if Foles can push uh, Trubisky or, uh, you know, to the next level or push him to the side and be the starting quarterback, you know, I, I overall, I think they're going to have an upgrade because, and I think they're going to be like a 10 and six and probably a wild card, you know, tied for first place in the NFC North because the NFC North is going to be tough this year. And even though green, I mean, Detroit last year finished three, 12 and one, you have to remember a lot of their losses last year was by a touchdown or less. So, and they had a lot of injuries too. So they're going to bounce back uh, pretty well this year as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm saying 10 and six with a wild card or division championship spot. All right. Now to you, Steve. All right. A couple things. So let's go look at the, uh, Week five matchup against the Bucks with Tom Brady coming in. Obviously, being down here in Tampa, I pay attention to the Bucks as well. Some room for the home team as long as they're not playing my Bears. But uh, they did a great job of getting Brady. I think he's going to really help them. Uh, I think the Bears have a chance now on the on the whole weekly schedule. I don't think they they beat the Bucks, but I don't think Gronk will be playing by by week five. You never know. He always seems to be hurt. Uh, the Bucks one game is not super impressive to me, and even though they got that out of an offensive lineman the first round, you know, if you can slow down Godwin and Evans, then I think they have a chance. Uh, will they win that game? Personally, I don't think so. I think Bucks would have too much for them, but I think they have a chance. So uh, so that that's good because if Bucks are projected top five offense and you have a chance against them, I think you can beat anybody. Now, as far as looking at the strength of schedule on how they'll do this year, I think they have a great shot at winning the division. Now, here's why. Lions, they upgraded. They never really scare me. Lions are always the Detroit Lions. It's weird to say that, but they always seem to way to kind of mess things up. So until they actually can show that they're a solid team and can be really dangerous, I'm not worried about them as much. Now, Green Bay, they're always an Achilles heel. But I don't think Green Bay did themselves any favors by taking that rookie out of the first round quarterback to back up Rodgers, and then they took a running back, which I thought they had a really good running back in Aaron Jones. Uh, he helped me with some fantasy last year. So the first two picks for Green Bay, I don't think that really helps them that much. And it was such a huge wide receiver-heavy draft, and they didn't get Aaron Rodgers another weapon with Devontae Adams. I think Green Bay can take a step back. Now, who scares me is obviously Minnesota. Minnesota's got a great team. they got a great offense, got a great defense, got a great running game. The only thing that gives me a little bit of uh, – uh, makes me feel good is Kirk Cousins is still there. And Kirk Cousins is just not, <laughs> you know, he's just not making the money that, you know, he deserves. He's just not worth it to me. So I think the Bears have a chance at winning the division. Now, yes, I'm a home team guy, and I, I want them to win, but I'm being honest, I think they can win it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I wrote down every single week on wins and losses, what they think they can do. And I think they can get a hot start before they get Tampa. And there's some other teams that lost a lot of pieces. And 
I think the Bears can definitely have a chance at making the playoffs this year. Um, I know you asked Matt what he had. I, going wins and losses, I had them going 10-5 and five going to Week 17 um, with different you know, teams like splitting up the Vikings, usually win one, lose one, splitting up Green Bay, win one, lose one. I think they can sweep Detroit, uh, get a couple wins here and there. I know Matt talked about Houston. I'm not scared about Houston because once they trade away Hopkins, I think that, I think that, that team falls apart this year. But, you know, start off the Lions, I like them beating them. I like them beating the Giants. Falcons could be a little tough. They could beat them. Indies can be a tough game. Tampa, I think they lose. Carolina, I'm not scared of. You know, Rams, I'm scared of. Saints, I'm scared of. Titans, if you can slow down that running game, which our defense can't, if they can do that. So there's a lot of games like Jacksonville that can win. So I think they go into Week 17, you know, uh, at home against Green Bay, you know, at 10 and 5. Can they be 11, 5, or 10 and 6? Either way, if you get to 10 and 6, I think you definitely have a chance to win the division, if not making a wild card and making the playoffs this year. All right. So I'm going to probably upset Bears fans, but I'm going 6 and 10. So I'm looking at this this record here, or just their, their schedule. Um, they've, got, they've got some games, obviously, that are going to be pretty tough. You know, you got the Saints, the Bucks. You know, the, whether the Packers have, you know, lost some touch this offseason or not, they did they probably want as just as bad as Houston did. You've got to uh, you got to look and see what's what's a feasible win. And I'm just looking at it. I mean, I just don't see a lot of potential like wins that I could guarantee say they're going to be W's. Now, I will give them the upset at in L.A. against the Rams. Um, you know, obviously I have them beating the, the Lions, the Texans and, and Jags and the Giants. But other than that, um, the Colts, you know, upgrade with Phillip Rivers. They still got a really good defense. And a lot of these teams that I have them losing to have really good defenses. And if the offense was upgraded more than what it was, I probably would give them a, a nine and seven or maybe 10 and six. But their offense just isn't something that I'm, you know, you know, excited about to see them making a push for the playoffs this year unfortunately all right yeah i'm gonna echo that um not the record but every every point that you brought up man i I just i think the defense chicago has a 14 and 2 defense but if if the game of football was what it used to be where the the defense is all that matters then i could uh i could give chicago a really good record here um, but their offense is two and fourteen. You know what I'm saying? So you got to kind of balance that out a little bit. And uh, I mean, I'm looking at eight at eight and eight again for the Bears this season. I just think that there's too many uh, there's too many tough games here. That I mean, the strength of schedule is really tough. You got to go at Green Bay, of course, as they do every year. You got to go your game against Carolina is in Carolina, which I, I have the Bears winning that. But Carolina, even though they're probably going to be bad this year, that's still a really tough place to go play. Um, at Atlanta, always going to be tough. Uh, at Tennessee, um, I do – there's a lot of swing games in here, though. There's games that they can definitely win, like that I have them losing, like uh, the game against – let's see, the game against Houston, for instance. I have them losing that game, but that's going to be kind of a swing game. So um, I have 8-8. Eight and eight. For the Bears overall record, uh, no real improvement to the offense. Now, if they can go add some pieces for next year, I do think that this is a future Super Bowl contender. But for now, I got to keep them as a pretender on my list at least. 
All right, so we're going to ask for final thoughts, and then we're going to sign off out of here. Uh, Matt, give your final thoughts on the season. I'm going to say there is going to be improvements on the offense. I am not saying that this is going to be the top five offense of the NFL. I am just saying there's going to be improvements. You know, you, you've you've gone uh, – I mean, this, this offense is going to add a game or two, a game or two to the win column just because it's it's improved but oh, sorry sorry i just had a weird message there uh from the thing said i only have five minutes left so uh, i'm gonna make this quick and say that um you know uh the, the, the long story short they are going to improve uh they're going to improve slightly but not much and um i don't think they are a super bowl team but they are possible playoff team for sure all right yeah we only have four minutes left uh, go ahead steve all right, uh, real quick, Kyle, I, I definitely can eat eight and eight. Marcus, I think you're crazy at six and ten. Uh, my last thing is I think something <laughs> we're going to have to really look at this year uh, that we have not talked about is somebody that's not even on the field, and that's Coach Matt Nagy. Two years ago, he won Coach of the Year. He was Cohen to the T, was so smart, got everybody involved. And last year, he's kind of outthought himself and kind of made so many why am I doing this kind of play calls. So if Matt Nagy can be the coach he was two years ago and actually be smart with this offense. They can get over eight and eight. They have a chance to get nine, seven, or ten, six, got a chance to make the playoffs, and they make Marcus look bad. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, Marcus, your final thoughts on the Bears. Look, man, if they can make the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman in the center, they should be able to do it with Trubisky or Foles. Um, as I said they just gotta they gotta play smart with it. They really, really do win those key matchups. If they could do that, you know, hey, they could prove me wrong. They might go 10 and 6, 11 and 5. But other than that, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Hey, I agree. My final thoughts on this is they have the um they have the players that if utilized correctly, they could easily sneak into a wild card spot. I don't think they'll sneak into a division championship. That's more about uh Minnesota and Green Bay being that good. I mean, Green Bay, despite what they lost or didn't get, they still have, you know, you could make an argument as the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, I don't think so, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay last time I looked, but I think it's less about Chicago and more about them, which is why they won't win the division, but they could easily sneak into a, to that six wildcard spot. Well, hey, Matt. Uh, hey, Steve. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this today. We appreciate you. Um, Marcus, as always, man, great job today. Absolutely, and- man. Appreciate it. Oh, no doubt. We will be back on yeah. Thursday to talk about the Packers and the Vikings, guys. So, We'll see you then.